As you hear the scripture more this morning, what you'll notice of all of the resurrection stories that we find in the four Gospels, this is by far the simplest. But there are truly some magnificent pieces of this that we'll talk about just briefly in the sermon this morning. But hear this word, hear these words of resurrection and the way God just comes alive, literally, in these scriptures. Please rise as you are able for the reading of our gospel. And hear the word of God from Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Let's remain standing while we listen to the response. Oh, oh, oh. 
That's the way to introduce a sermon. (laughs) Well, friends, it's been a long and arduous journey, and those words were used yesterday morning on the Holy Saturday service. We've gone through 40 days of Lent plus every Sunday. And at every single juncture, including every service over Holy Week, I plagued you with questions. And some of them were deep and abiding questions. Some of them took your breath away. But I kept thinking about the sermon this morning and the questions that I wanted to ask that I really want answers for. I mean, beyond the whole faith thing. So I found three that have just really plagued me for most of my life. Here's the first. What is truly the life expectancy of a Twinkie? Any idea? Yeah. Okay, to be enjoyable. And how long do they last? Hold on to that. Now, I come out of construction. Yeah, perfect. I come out of construction. And one of the things that has plagued me as just, and I just admit to being a guy, is it duct tape? Or is it like, or is it duct tape? It's not electric tape. True. Now, okay, you guys can talk about this over lunch. Um, So the final question, now many of you know I just got back from Thailand a few weeks back, and it was amazing. At every airport internationally even, Taiwan, Bangkok, SeaTac, why is it? that you can take nothing more, no container that has more than 3.4 ounces of liquid? Well, I have the answers for all those questions. So just something to, you know, think about during the day. Do you know that the life expectancy of a Twinkie is 25 days? Scientifically proven. I'm just saying. 25 days. See, the nurse would ask the question, right? (laughs) Sarah, I don't know. So 25 days. So just, I would go on the safe side. So then, guys, I hate to tell you this. It's rant, 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 rant tape. It's duck tape. Now, if you go to Lowe's today, what you will find is they've changed the spelling. But when the tape was invented... When the tape was invented, it was invented in World War II to use to wrap around ammo canisters 
so that when they went through the water, or if it was pouring rain, what they said was, it allowed the rain to come off of those containers like water off a duck's back. You're welcome. I, you know, I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> what was the er, er, Easter sermon about, uh, family? <laughs> Twinkies and duct tape. Well, the other piece is, is if you go to 3.5 ounces, what they have found scientifically that that can do major debilitating damage to an aircraft if it's an explosive device. So I just wanted to share that with you. But there was one more question that kept coming up, and it, was, it came out of an article. I just talked to John Selwachter right before worship to warn him that this was coming. Did you know that Google is now dealing with the whole existential question of life and death? And I know because it was on the cover of Time magazine back in September. Right, John? It was. And it's called their Calico Project. Why it's Calico, I don't know. But, but it is, the Calico Project. And it is because what Google wants to do is help the world deal with life and death and extend life expectancy beyond the life of a Twinkie. But what's happened is, and, and the question that came from their critics was, <laughs> you know, kind of like ours, why? Why do you want to do this? And the answer is that they came back with was because nobody else is doing it. I beg to differ. That's what today is about. That is exactly what today is about. And I want to tell you two very brief stories. I want to tell you about nine-year-old Emma. Nine years old. And Emma had an incurable type of leukemia. And we were there at the hospital with Emma and her... I'm sorry, I get weepy about it every time I think about it. But with Emma and her family on the day that they knew that she was going to die. And there, gathered around the bed, were her parents and her two siblings. And, and we watched. As anybody who's been in a hospital has watched, the heart rate, and then it slows... And then it flattens. And it did for Emma that day. And the whole family, and it's one of those incredible rare privileges of being a pastor, is being able to be there at that moment where life passes. And the whole family came over and gently laid their hands on her. And suddenly her eyes opened up and she sat up. And she looked at all of them And she said, he was there waiting for me. And then you could see this incredible peace pass over her face. And she laid back down and was gone. Lou. Dorothy's met Lou. This is in one of my churches. Lou was a World War II veteran. World War II did something to him, as it has for so many of our soldiers. (coughs) Every war. And out of that, he became this very angry, very angry, somewhat abusive man. He had three daughters. Lou was dying of lung cancer. And I remember going from our house to the hospital, which was just basically about a half a block away, when I got the call that Lou was on the verge of of dying. 
And by the time I got there, Lou had passed into a coma, but all three of the girls were there. Differing ages. And again, what we watched was the heart monitor. Slow and finally go flat. And I gathered there and I looked at them and all three of them reacted in completely different ways. One was just angry. One felt like it was the first time she's felt peace in a long time. The other had absolutely no emotion at all. Then Lou woke up. He came too. He sat up. He looked at every one of those girls. He called them by name and said to each one of them, I ask for your forgiveness for the pain that I have caused you. And then he said, I had to come back to finish that work. And he laid down and he was gone. Friends, I think that's what this day is about. On one hand. This day is about the fact that Jesus had to come back and finish his work. And he did come back and finish his work. And I believe that with my whole heart. That he came back, he finished his work, and then he went to a place that we will not understand until we get there. But we'll get there. We'll get there. But there's something else that this day is about. It is a day of resurrection. But resurrection isn't just about extending life expectancy. It's not trying to figure out how long a Twinkie is going to last. It is about bringing resurrection to anyone who is in any way dead or dying. And I don't mean just physically. We've studied the Gospel of Matthew for seven months. And we first saw the teaching. And for those that may be here for the first time, that's the everybody's in Gospel. That's the Gospel where everybody is welcome at this table. Everybody. And, and here we have that teaching through the Beatitudes and other things. And then Jesus spends the rest of this gospel showing how and what that means. And he provides hope to a woman who was bleeding for 30 years, who in that 30 years couldn't even get the embrace of her children or her husband. You talk about death. And that healing ha- happened because she took some action. And, and, and he immediately adopted her. She is healed There's resurrection. The enemy, the centurion, and his servant is sick, and Jesus heals that servant and creates that relationship with his enemy, loves his enemy in a way that we had not seen before. But it doesn't even stop with Scripture. We keep thinking these stories only are in the Bible. The other rare privilege of being a pastor is to be able to go because of what you do as a church to provide things like funds for the pastor's discretionary fund. And it wasn't three weeks ago, after I got back from Thailand, that I sat with this woman down in Kent, a woman with four children, and those children were 16, 14, 7, and 4. And her husband had deserted her, and she had no money and nowhere to go. And you should have seen her eyes when I was able to go and share the resources that you had provided so that she could have an extended period in a motel. And 
money for food. Resurrection. Resurrection. This day is about so much more than Jesus somehow coming back to life. It's a mandate for every one of us that there are people around us everywhere, everywhere, that need a word of hope from you. Relationships that need to be reconciled. Resurrection. People that need to be fed. Resurrection. People who need to be surrounded by love and grace. Resurrection, and I've got to tell you, both of these have equal status in my book. Equal status. That's what this day is about. So when you leave, go to brunch. Beyond brunch, go back into your lives. I want to just challenge you to be every single one of us, no matter your age, no matter your location, to be, please, people of the resurrection. Let's bring life back. And on your way, grab a Twinkie. Because if you don't, they'll spoil. (laughs) Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day, for the celebration that is this day. We thank you that this truly is a day of new beginnings, a day of hope, a day of resurrection. And as we gather, it's not just about gathering. It's also about being sent. And help us go with courage, with hope, with love, with grace into a world that just needs us to be people of resurrection, no matter the flavor. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Friends, we're going to get a treat here this morning. And I'm going to invite us to stay seated. Now, is that okay? I just think we've been standing a fair amount. If you... If you feel like you have to when the hallelujah chorus is sung, then stand. Otherwise, if it's hard to stand, please feel free to stay seated. But this is, this is incredible. So. And the other thing I want to invite is you. No. Listen, you've sung it. Please join in from where you are. That is fine. I'll, I'll do it from here.